On Racing HQ, Monday's Experts, studying the form of racing's characters. Monday's Experts, he'd have always got the good oil, pity you can't put a bet on at the finish of a race. Welcome to Monday's Experts. It is the 4th of July. Dave Stanley with you and looking forward to, as always in this segment, finding out a little bit of the story behind the name. And this name, this person we're chatting to next is, uh, well, she's flying at the moment. Kristen Buchanan is her name. She trains at Wyong and she's got an incredible story of how she's ended up at Wyong training winners and continuing on the success that she has had for her career. She joins us now for a bit of a yarn. G'day, Kristen. Welcome to Monday's Experts, and thanks for taking some time out on this Monday. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for having me. Now, let's. I've been doing a little bit of reading about you over the weekend, and I want to um, go right back, because the audience would, would have heard you come on and, and chat about your horses and what, how you think they'll be performing when it comes to race time, but they may not know about your career and how it all started. And it actually started on the other side of the country. You're originally from WA. Well, I certainly started training over there. I was born and bred on the Central Coast, but um, made my way over there with my family after I completed high school to um, to start at, uh, at university there. Why did you decide to... Well, why was it WA that uh, the, the family decided to go to? Uh, my mum had um, her elderly parents there and, and uh, some of them... My grandfather had health issues, so they decided to move. And uh, I wanted to do vet science at the time and... I had my heart set on going going with them and going to Murdoch University um, was the original plan of attack. But, um, yeah, so the, it was a family move to begin with that got us in Western Australia. And what about growing up on the on the Central Coast? Obviously in and around horses um, all of the time or is it something – do you remember the first sort of moment you had of, of falling in love with the horse? Yeah, absolutely. Um, my my dad worked for Qantas. My parents weren't horsey at all in any way, shape or form. But um, we had a basing in London when I was young and uh, all the kids over there used to go riding. And so my parents thought it'd be a, a great idea and, and uh, probably didn't realise what they were starting because I, I had my first riding lesson on a pony when I was four. And uh, I never stopped harassing them and, until the time I got a, my first pony when I was nine years old we were back in Australia and um, I think that certainly changed the course of their lives they um, they had to pack up from the central coast and they couldn't afford to buy property here so they, they were wonderful supportive parents and they we moved to Armadale um, on the central tablelands where they could afford to buy a bit of land and, and I could actually have horses up there That's, so was it just you or have you got brothers and sisters I have a I have a younger brother. He's uh, two years younger than, than I am, Justin. Um, he's he's still over in Western Australia, and he he's still in the horses, not in racing, but he he camp drafts and polo crosses and, and breaks in horses for those sports. And he, he's a he's a very good horseman in his own right. Wow! And so obviously, then that was that that his passion was started. I guess could I say from from your passion and love for it? Because it sounds like because of your love of the horse and your ability with. Obviously, um, you know, being a rider, and we'll get to that um, equestrian stuff in a moment. But is that? Can you say that's where he caught the bug as well? Because he wasn't around it because you were obviously brought into the family. I um, I used to get extremely frustrated because uh, when he all of a sudden became interested, I had to take. I he had to come to Pony Club with me, which really, uh, ah. <laughs> which you know, really, um, uh, I guess 
it was initially I felt it was my thing, and we were very close in age, so there's quite a lot of competition between us. And uh, and uh, initially he was quite frightened when he was riding, so I used to have to lead him on his pony to pony club, and I, I thought that was very that was horrible, and he wrecked my my riding experience as a young kid, but. I've forgiven him now. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're chatting with uh, Kristen Buchanan this morning. Uh, Kristen, so you, your um, your father worked for Qantas. So does that mean that you you said so you spent some time in the UK? Did you was there any other parts of the world that you guys lived in as a young age, or was it just the UK and then back to Australia? Uh, we had a six month basing in the UK, but I mean, I was very, we, were, we were absolutely blessed with my my dad's career. He used to. We did a lot of travelling, um, a lot of international travel as whilst, whilst we were young before we got into, you know, um, adulting. And uh, he would pick us up on a Thursday from school and say, "Come on, we're cutting class tomorrow. We're off to we're going to Disneyland this weekend, and and um, off we jump on a flight and go to LA." And it was amazing. Looking back on it now, um, you know, I've been to just an amazing childhood. But you, I suppose it when you have it there. It, all the time, just how life was. So um, we were very, very fortunate. And I got to do a lot of travelling in my, you know, early 20s um, to the UK and uh, Ireland. I did. I got to ride. I got to go and do some work in some national hunt yards in Ireland as a 22-year-old. 20, and um, and that, you know, formed the basis of, you know, getting into racing and and um, really, well, I suppose it was my introduction uh, to the to the racing scene over there, really, and um, you know, just we were, I was very fortunate to have that upbringing. Now, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but were you training to be an Olympian at one point? Well, an equestrian I suppose, rider. I, I suppose every. I mean, that's very loose terms. Um, I think every young fifteen year old. Now, come on, talk. You can talk yourself up here. You can talk <laughs> yourself up here and say that you were going to no, you were going to win gold. <laughs> I would have liked to have thought that I could one day win gold. And my look, my career path was about um, I wanted to have a, a, a good, solid career where I could earn fabulous money and then I could afford to go and ride overseas. That was my plan. I wanted to go and ride in Europe and uh, maybe one day get to the Olympics. That would have been that would have been nice. But I, I, um, you know, I think like you say, you've got to have a dream. And every young fifteen-year-old girl that loves horses thinks about the Olympics first, and then. And then the practicalities and the expenses, um, and the re- and the realities of uh, what it actually costs and um, and takes to achieve those goals is just enormous. Um, so, yeah, I look the the tra- the diversifying into racing wasn't really ever my wasn't certainly wasn't on the radar. It wasn't my intention, but um, I kept getting led down that path. And um, I guess when I first started uni. Uh, it was a job, writing track work was a job that I loved and that I could also do outside of university hours so I could work early in the morning and then head off to school and study, um, even though I think I probably fell asleep in half of my classes by the by the end of the day. <laughs> um, it probably didn't help my study at, at all in, in any way, in a sense, but um, I certainly, as I, I was, I was trying to get a career where I could afford to do what I loved and in the meantime, I I started working on what I loved and and um, moved away from the, the big picture of my career path. We're chatting with uh, Kristen Buchanan this morning on Monday's Experts. So, Kristen, so we're still in WA at the moment. You you started studying a Bachelor of Science in Human Biology and Exercise Physiology 
while working at a bar at night and riding track work in the mornings, I read in an article that you did with Maddie Jones last year. Now, that's true. So you were studying, working in the bar, and then getting to track work. So you you just weren't sleeping at all. Pretty much, pretty much not sleeping. So it was a good foundation for being a trainer. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was pretty full on. My, my, with my parents who owned property in Armadale when they went to Perth, I, I was fortunate enough, and and it was it was a tough decision for a twenty year, twenty one year old. But I really wanted to buy some property there with them so I could keep my horses, and they couldn't afford to do it by themselves. So we all went thirds in buying twenty acres south of Perth, um, which we could set up um, for me to have a few horses and still enjoy doing what I was doing. So I like a blessing because um, that investment in that property for for myself and my family really, you know. Has, has well, it was my first introduction to real estate. It was tough working three jobs and studying and doing all that, but um, certainly helped set me up for the future. Now, I do want to touch on it because it is an important part of your story. Um, because your your father did pass away, Russell, um, that I read about, and that was a real big decision for you to remain in Australia because you did obviously have you know dreams and aspirations of, of maybe heading overseas but once that happened you you firmly decided to stay here in Australia yeah it, well it was it was uh, yeah it was life-changing um he 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 retired from Qantas and he had a very consuming uh lifestyle with that career and he didn't handle retirement very well at all and unfortunately within a few years he he got very depressed and although he was getting treatment and, and a lot of help and support he um he did he did commit suicide and um that was a massive turning point for me because I was at a point in my life where I had all the I guess the the groundwork there for a a career path which I you know he'd paid for my education and and put so much they my parents invested so much of their lives into making my life good and I I was on this you know impressive career path, going to be a physiotherapist or a chiropractor or, you know, wherever I ended up. But that, oh yeah, that was a defining moment for me because I I figured that you, you're here, you're not always here for a long time and you have to enjoy what you're doing. And I, my passion was really the horses. And there was that side of it, but I think also I needed something to just really keep me very busy. I couldn't, I didn't want to think about it. I didn't want to be, I just wanted to be, you know, occupied all the time. So that, you know, it was, it was quite a traumatic thing to go through, I suppose, for our, our entire family. And, um, mm. yeah, look, it was, it was his, what he went through and what, how he suffered. I didn't want to, I didn't want to find, I didn't, I wanted to do everything I could to not do that. And horses made me happy. So it really pushed me to, to kind of exit stage left and um, and head into racing. You then went uh, and applied for your trainer's license, didn't you, following um, Russell's passing? And you also finished your degree, I read as well. I did eventually finish my degree. It took me a while. Wow. <laughs> um, so I, I now have a Bachelor of Science, science in Human Biology. <laughs> and I, I must say that the science study has been a massive help for me in training because it teaches you to think very critically. You analyse information. And, um, you know, in racing, I, I guess we're, we have a lot of people, you know, uh, bringing products, feed 
you know, feed samples, all the rest of it. You've got all sorts of things thrown under your nose all the time. So to be able to, you know, kind of digest that information and um, and be critical of, of what you're looking at. And I just find that's helped me enormously in, in my career as a trainer. Um, and, yeah, so it hasn't, it hasn't entirely gone to waste. My dad would be happy to know. But, um, it, yeah, it's, it's interesting how things turn out. When did you decide to make the move back to New South Wales? Um, I think I came back in about 2000. It was, it was a few years after Dad had passed away. I didn't want to leave um, Mum straight away. She was in Perth with family and things, but, I, you know, things were rough there for a couple of years. And um, I think it was about 2014 that I, maybe it was 17, that I headed back. I can't remember the actual dates. I'm, to be honest, I'm sorry, Dave. It, must, it will be earlier than that. 2004-2007, I came back to Sydney. And 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 how did how did you obviously um, you landed on uh, on the central coast because of that's obviously you know it, it was it's it, it's in you it's uh, it's where you're from. But was that difficult to try and and, and land back at at Wong in that area or well, had it? it I didn't come back and step straight into trading, to be honest. I okay. um, I recognised from... When I was in Perth, I mainly did breaking in and pre-training, and I had a couple of horses that I'd gotten started with um, actually training properly and raced myself pretty much. But, oh, geez, it was hard to make ends meet. And um, I realised that I really needed some, some business acumen. So I applied for a for a role that came, became available um, in Sydney with a, with Sharifa Skander and Suman Hedge. Um, and that was for a Skander Racing as a, a bloodstock and marketing assistant. Now, I couldn't even, I didn't even type at that stage. I used to handwrite on my, this is how old I am, I used to handwrite on my university <laughs> assignments. And, uh, and, the, and the, of course, this role would require me to uh, manage the website, et cetera, et cetera. So I was like, I can do that, no worries. Anyway, I... Fortunately, they were very forgiving and and encouraging, and I rolled up my sleeves and got stuck in there. And I learned so much. It was was an amazing job and an amazing opportunity, and a, and a lot of fun. We got to I got to travel and go to sales and select help you know help assist them with the selections of their horses for Hong Kong and stallion prospects and things like that. And um, I just I learned a lot about the business side of the industry, which was just invaluable to me mm, um it's fascinating it was it was a great opportunity and I, I was there for probably i think i was there for two years and uh had the opportunity to buy a little piece of property up around Cessnock at brankston there with my partner at the time and mackenzie's dad andrew and um sharif allowed me to work remotely for a while but to be honest i just i couldn't i i really needed to be around the horses it was you know, I, I just kept getting drawn back there. So gradually over a little time, I, I started to step out of the role and then eventually it, it just became clear that, you know, my focus wanted to be back on training again. Yeah. Um, getting back into training and, and having a look at some of the, the, the good horses you've had, one that always comes to my mind was, was Two Blue. This is in more sort of, I guess we can say recent years. And what a ride he took you on. Oh, she, she. Well, she, yeah. sorry. That's all right. Um, no, she was amazing, and uh, again, just so fortunate to um, come across her her owners and breeders, um, Ken and Leanne Dennis and and Bruce Mackey. Um, how, how did that happen? How did that initial um, you know? How, how did you get these owners into the stable? Was it by chance? Was it a, was there is there a story behind that? 
Oh, look, Ken always Ken Ken told me that he he was he liked the idea of being in a a small stable where where they mattered, and he watched me at the races with my horses and and could see that you know I had probably not not the most, not so many opportunities with a small number of horses, and he liked what he saw, and we started talking, and um, she was uh, she was a bit problematic. She was out at Dubbo for her early prep and a bit of a barrier rogue. And um, he said to me, he goes, you know, would you would you mind taking this silly? She probably needs a bit of time spent with her. You know, the family's slow maturing and, and she's a bit hot, but um, would you like to have a go? And I jumped at the chance and, yeah, thank thank goodness I did because, uh, um, yeah, she was she was an amazing horse to have very early in my in my career and she taught me a lot and uh, and forged a terrific relationship with, Ken and, and their group of owners, which um, I still I still have a number of horses with today, including Pandora Blue the other day, and um, yeah, yeah, a few nice ones in the pipeline. So yeah, I'm very very lucky that 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 it turned out that way. And what? what sorry to jump in. What type of things you just mentioned that uh, she taught you a lot of things? What, what what type of things as a trainer did did um, uh, did the horse we were, we were talking about? Uh, yeah. Too blue, like, and obviously, you know, other horses than you've you've had that have gone on and, and, and been involved in big races. Was it the? I mean, you're always going to get nervous before a race, but was it uh, you know um, dealing with just with good horse flesh and and knowing what they can do on the clock or how they recover? What what type of things was it? Um, I guess it was that a, a number a number of things. I mean, she was very very hot. She was very you know, high tensile and the barriers and things like that. So we had to have a lot of patience and take things as slowly as she would allow us to. <laughs> she was she was always very full bore, even in a track work. You know, if you let her trot, she'd want a canner. If you let her canner, she'd want to go half pace. And she was always wanting to do more and more and more. And she never, in her later years, she learned to relax. And that's when she really started to race well. But, you know, she had her issues. She had... She had fragments on joints and things like that throughout her career. Um, uh, I have a, you know, we always, I still do, always use an e-tracker on our horses. And she was interesting because, um, you know, there's, there's checkpoints along the way, you know, stride length, peak speed, um, heart rate recovery, all those kinds of things which you would, you know, normally help me define a potentially a very good horse or, or not a good horse. And she wasn't fantastic in a number of those areas. But she just had this attitude and will to win that um, is, is hard to describe. I haven't really had a horse quite with that same zest, you know. To any moment she was out working on the track, she would she want to be in front of something else, or you know, she wouldn't pull up until she'd gone past that horse standing at the side of the track. She just had this amazing athletic uh, athlete's attitude to life. She wanted to win everything, mm, and yeah. Uh, yeah, she was amazing. And it seemed like I sort of had a look at her form last night, and I mean, like, uh, you know, she was pottering around, she was doing her job early days, uh, winning, you know, you know those benchmark 80s, and it wasn't really until, maybe, correct me if I'm wrong, the Civic Stakes, where she was just sort of, you know, she'd get out in front, and then she she sort of went from the Civic Stakes into the winter, and then obviously the next prep you were, you went the Tibby, the Mona Lisa, and worked your way through to the Sapphire, and then up to up to Brisbane, where she ran... What she was only beaten one point five by Malaguir in a in a group one. In a group one and, and um probably had a pretty torrid run in that too, to be fair mm. to her. I think she was you know, she was hard luck not to run a place there if not so very close. Um 
you know, I look, I, it wasn't really a turning point other than uh, being willing to, um, I guess, you know, she was, she was, she wasn't by anything. She was by double O. Um, she was out of a moderate mare who, who'd won city races and, and done well enough, but she had pretty modest breeding. Um, she was fierce going. There are a lot of, and, and, you know, sometimes when you are a small player, um, you can be intimidated by, by other people's opinions, I guess. And I think the wonderful thing about her was if you, you, she, you kept raising the bar and she just kept improving. And I think it was just a matter of getting the confidence to, and, and her settling down and maturing and getting, getting there organically. I think it wasn't a fast process, but. You know, she she was really starting to perform at her best as a six, seven, and and into her eight year old year, um, mm. and she just kept getting better. You know, she got beaten at Tyree and and uh, and at Bathurst in the early days, but just more so be, probably because of her racing manners. She was a bit one dimensional, but then I I worked out with her. I suppose her her strength was her cruising speed, and the mistake other trainers and jockeys made with her in a race was that they thought if they let her go she'd capitulate and um and that you know that was her greatest strength was she was just so tough and she just she would fight you know so hard and she didn't always make it she didn't do it the easy way um but she was very 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 genuine and uh and very keen to win herself so that was you know she was that that just really came to the fore in her older years and she wasn't quite so crazy with it um, she could really do her best, and, and that's when she really started to perform at that group level. We're chatting with uh, Kristen Buchanan this morning, um, talking about uh, her life, her story, and and how the the show is continuing on. We've looking at you've got fifty, I can see on the race in New South Wales. What fifty two currently in the stable, and, and is that you're happy with that size? <laughs> do you want to increase? I'm, I'm sure you've got more in in paddocks, and you've got you know a, a rotation going on, but. Are you, are you comfortable with that size? Are you wanting to, to, to get bigger? We don't have that many in work um, okay. at one point in time, but they, they, that's the number of horses we, I have on the book. So we do have more. We've got some amazing opportunities from, um, you know, some of our some of our owners that recently come on board, Trilogy Racing. You know, I've got some fantastic yearlings coming for them. Um, Bruce McKenzie's been a big supporter of the stable, so we've always got – I never know what's coming from him because it's potluck and – we see he'll call me on the on the Friday, and we'll have three more horses in on the Monday. But um, look, I'm very lucky to have been have gained a lot of support from a number of terrific people, and you're starting to get some really nice horses um, that come through the stables. Because up until now, I guess you know we go to the yearling sales, and I'd have to spec something myself and and buy, and my budget is pretty pretty modest. Um, but that's that's about to change. You're starting to get, you know, some better quality stock coming through and some, some, you know, some more opportunities, which is really exciting for me. That is very, very exciting for you. The young Kristen Buchanan, um, who fell in love with the horse, who was in WA, what would you say to her now? Oh, I don't know if I'd say too much. I think you have, that's what life's about, is um, figuring it out. And uh, I would... I would tell her to uh, go with her instincts and and keep doing what makes you happy because it it does it might be always be the easiest path but it it's certainly the most satisfying I think in the long run and you end up where you should be. 
Very well said. And and uh, last but not least, um, if your dad was here today, what would you say to him? Oh, you <laughs> um, I would say to him, he gave me the. He was a wonderful dad, and he gave me the the best life lesson in the hardest way possible to do what makes you happy. And um, I just wish he could have done the same. I reckon he'd be pretty wrapped of what you've done, mate. And uh, I, I reckon he's only going to be uh, smiling even more with uh, many more wins to come. Thanks for coming on the program this morning and sharing a little bit of piece of your life with our listeners. And we'll see you at a racetrack soon. Thanks, Kristen. Thanks. Thanks, Dave. Thank you.